Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a new home church, we'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship from 4pm at North Lakes State College on the corner of Discovery Drive and Joiner Circuit. We hope you enjoy this great message from our Sunday service and come for a visit someday soon. Well, let's get ready for the Word. I have a Word that's been stirring in my spirit, and uh, I really hope that this Word challenges you. I, it will be a little bit challenging. I, I'm sorry, that's kind of a little bit who I am. I love to uh, bring a Word that, that, that spurs us on. Uh, but I want to start by reading a pretty intense passage of Scripture. This, there are plenty of passages of Scripture that make me stop and scratch my head. This is definitely one of those. So uh, if you want to follow with me on the screen, I know that the team have made the the Bible verses available for you on the screen. Let's read it together. 2 Samuel chapter 11. It says, it happened in the spring of the year at a time when the kings were to go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel to destroy the people of Ammon and besiege Rabbah. But David remained at home in Jerusalem. Then it happened on the evening that David arose from his bed and walked out on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. And so David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, is that not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Go, how coincidental. Her name is Bathsheba. And she was having a bath. Gee, that, she must really like baths. Then David sent his messengers and took her. And she came to him. And he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity and returned to her house. And the woman conceived. And so she sent and told David and said, I am with child. Oh, wow. What a mess. David, are you kidding me? David, what were you thinking, man? At a time when kings were supposed to be at war. David, you're not even supposed to be there. You're in the wrong place, bro. You're at the wrong time. You're supposed to be at battle. But you weren't. You were at home. And you allowed your eyes to gaze upon something that you should not have been looking at. And you got caught up in something you should not have gotten caught up in. You allowed yourself to feel a whole lot of things that you should not have been feeling. From there, it leads to a terrible chain of events. A feeling. David saw this beautiful woman and caught the feels. From there, those feels turned into actions. Those actions turned into pregnancy. The pregnancy turned into uh, the, the murder of Uriah, the husband. And the consequences of God. I don't understand this passage. God himself says that David is a man after his own heart. How could a man after God's own heart got caught up in that? 
I just don't understand it. It's pretty uh, mind-boggling. Some of you might be watching and saying, oh, that guy's an idiot. Uh, You know, that would never happen to me. I would never get caught up in any of that kind of thing. And and my prayer for you is is that, that that is true. My prayer is that none of us would ever get caught up in such type of behavior. But the reality is all of us are susceptible to our feelings. All of us are susceptible to temptations. All of us have fleshly desires. I believe that David made one vital mistake in this story. In a moment of weakness, David allowed himself to be governed by his feelings. David looked upon this woman, saw that she was beautiful, and his feelings, his emotions, his desires got the better of him. The lust of his heart overtook him and caused, it, caused him to blow it big time. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about our feelings. I want to talk about sensuality. Sensuality. No, I'm not talking about sexuality. Sexuality is something different. I want to talk about sensuality. That is where we live according to our senses. That is where we are are driven and live according to our feelings. Many of us would experience feelings. We've all got feelings. Feelings aren't good or bad. Feelings are just feelings. Um, And sensuality is where we allow our senses, we allow our eyes to see, we allow our taste, we allow our touch, we allow our smell and our hear, our senses, to dictate how we live our lives. Our natural senses are continually sending us messages, and those messages invoke feelings. They create emotions Uh, Sometimes they're good feelings and sometimes they're bad feelings. Sometimes they're dark feelings. But they're feelings, they're they're emotions, they're sensations that sway us and influence us. When we hear a disheartening story, when we hear about all the COVID deaths that are happening around the world, you can't help but feel just heavy. You might feel fear. Fear. You've got feelings. Uh, When we see a change in our circumstances, maybe you're uncertain about your job. Maybe you're uncertain about a change in a relationship. It's very real to feel the feelings of anxiety. When we have an interaction with a person that doesn't go well, you might feel offended. You might feel angry. There, There are feelings that come. Uh, In addition to that, we might have feelings that make us feel really good. I remember when I first put my eyes on Paula. She was Paula Whitby at the time. And I couldn't wait to change her last name. The moment that I saw her, I was smitten. I felt all the feels. I was intoxicated. I couldn't even think straight. I remember tripping over my words. I was all the feelings were rushing over me. Maybe you feel that you love the feeling of adrenaline. I know that when you ride a roller coaster or you're playing sports or you're, you're, you know, adrenaline gets us. I've got a buddy who loves pig hunting because it creates 
the feeling of adrenaline running through movies have an incredible way of making us feel all the range of emotions. Success and accomplishment makes us feel a sense of pride, a sense of accomplishment. We feel like our lives matter. Feelings are important. Everyone has feelings. Some are more in touch with their feelings than others. Some people are just pure Neanderthals. They, they actually aren't in touch with their feelings. But God created us to have emotions and to have feelings. Feelings are great. God is a feeler. Scripture tells us that God feels. God did not create us to be cold, pre-programmed robots. No, he gave us feelings and emotions to help us experience life to the full. Imagine trying to enjoy creation without feelings. Imagine if you looked at a beautiful uh, mountain setting or go to the beach and see the sunset. Uh, imagine, um, you know, you don't have any feelings. No, God gave us feelings to enjoy creation. Imagine relationships with no emotions. I, I always get nervous from marriages where they stop feeling passion for one another. It's a dangerous place. We're supposed to feel. Uh, imagine death without emo emotions. Imagine birth without emotions. My best mate had a baby just a couple of days ago, and he was just beaming. He was radiant. He was so excited. There was feelings. He was so overwhelmed. Imagine jobs with no feelings. Jobs that, you know, it's the monotony, the boringness. If that's you, I want to encourage you. Let's believe God for more. But I love that, that my job in leading Church Unlimited creates such joy and life inside of me. Imagine worship. Imagine going into the presence of God without feelings. No, God created us to have feelings. Feelings in and of themselves are not bad. But the danger comes when we allow our lives to be led by our feelings. The danger comes when we make our decisions based on our feelings. Danger comes when we allow our lives to be governed by our feelings. This is what the Bible describes as sensuality. Sensuality, where we allow our lives to be governed and ruled by our feelings or by our emotions. There's a popular bumper sticker that gets around that says, if it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. I think that a lot of people live by that motto, if it feels good, do it. My question is, feels good to who? Who says what is good and who says what is not good? Who decides what is right and who decides what is wrong? Who decides what is good and evil? What might feel good to you might not feel good to me. And I think we've got to be very careful. Uh, imagine this. Imagine you've got a girlfriend or a boyfriend and, and you say things like, I just feel like she's the one. I've watched a lot of people get married. They've gone all the way to marriage based on feelings. But when the feelings start to subside and the facts start to be exposed, they realize they have made a bad decision. I know a lot of people who feel the, the, that they want to buy certain things. 
they see an ad for a new car on television and, and they get caught up in the feelings and the emotions and they run out and they buy that car or they buy that TV or they, and that's ama- it's amazing how our feelings can get the better of us. Marketing <laughs> is designed to hit you in the feels. When you're scrolling Facebook and you see that thing, you never even knew about that thing. You didn't even want that thing, but the moment you saw that thing, it jumped out at you and said, buy me. And before you know it, you've got an Amazon order coming that you were like, why did I even buy that? I must have been feeling it on that day. When you're feeling attracted to a person that's not your spouse, how do you know? When your feelings are good feelings or not good feelings, with feeling the presence of God, what if you don't feel the presence of God? Does that mean that God has abandoned you? I remember when I was in my early 20s, and I'm a pretty strong feeler. I love to feel emotions. I'm an emotional person. I'm a passionate person. You can probably tell by the way that I'm preaching right now. I'm a passionate and. And there's nothing that I love more than engaging the presence of God. But one day I was in prayer and the Lord spoke to me and said, James, I'm going to teach you how to not be feelings led. I was like, okay. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I am going to withhold the feelings from you for a period of time. I didn't realize what I was getting into, but God spoke this to me and then Almost from that day, I stopped feeling all the emotions of my faith. For a period of three years in my life, I would be in meetings, I'd be in worship, I'd be in my Bible, I would be in prayer, and I wouldn't be feeling those emotions. I think that the Lord was doing me a favor. He was teaching me in that time that my life was not to be feelings-driven, but I was supposed to be faith-driven, that my belief in God must be bigger than my feelings. Because here's the deal. If I'm feeling it one day, then God is good. And if I'm not feeling it, then where is He? He's abandoned me. He's forsaken me. You know, uh, uh, the famous Disney counselor, Jiminy Cricket. I don't know if you know Jiminy Cricket. He was the little cricket that advised Pinocchio. Told Pinocchio to let your conscience be your guide. This is what Jiminy Cricket says to Pinocchio. He says, let your conscience be your guide. I think a lot of people allow their own conscience or their own feelings or their own sense of morality to be their guide. I'm not so sure that Jiminy Cricket has monopolized wisdom in this particular area. The prophet Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah 17, 9, he said that the hearts of men are deceitfully wicked above all things. Ouch. Ouch. Thanks, Jeremiah. What are you saying? My heart is deceitfully wicked? I've been a Christ follower now for 20 years, and, and you know, I, I'm well aware of the fall of humanity and well aware of sin and the influences of sin. Even around Easter, I preached about sin, and 
knowing my own self and knowing my own feelings and my own desires and knowing my own motivations, I would have to agree with Jeremiah. My heart deceives itself. My motivations aren't always pure. My feelings aren't always good. My decisions aren't always right. The prophet Isaiah puts it like this. He says, For my thoughts are not my thoughts, says the Lord, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I think God actually tells us that Jiminy Cricket is wrong. Jiminy Cricket is wrong. God's thoughts are not always my thoughts. And God's ways are not always my ways. And God's feelings are not always my feelings. If I'm honest with myself, I'm not sure that I should allow my own conscience to be my guide. I'm not sure that I should do whatever feels right. Because I've got feelings that betray me. My conscience is not a very good source of true north. My conscience betrays me more than I care to admit. I can be ticked off and ready to go to war and 30 minutes later be totally calm. And I have learned that my feelings betray me. I've actually got to learn to allow my feelings to get quiet and get wisdom on the matter. Paul puts it like this in Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 17, he says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. You can't live like the rest of the world. Paul is insisting that if we now belong to Christ, we cannot live like the rest of the world in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding they are separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Because we have hard hearts, we are darkened in our understanding. And then it says in verse 19, we've lost sensitivity. Sensitivity to the voice of the Spirit. We've lost sensitivity. We've given ourselves over to sensuality so that we would indulge on impurity with a continual lust for more. Scripture shows us what happens right here when we live according to sensuality, when we allow our feelings to govern our lives, when we, when we uh, stop making faith decisions and we stop listening to the voice of the Spirit, when we stop lining ourselves with the Word of God, we become darkened in our understanding. Our hearts become hard. We become separated from the life of God. We can't hear the voice of Holy Spirit. And we begin to indulge on every kind of impurity. You know, that reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know if you've seen the very first Pirates of the Caribbean with Jack Sparrow Johnny Depp plays Jack Sparrow. He is a weirdo. And uh, the bad guy, Captain Barbosa, is played by Jeffrey Rush. And in this movie, uh, the pirates, Jeffrey Rush is, Rush is uh, Captain Barbosa. 
Captain Barbosa and all of his men are pirates and they go and steal cursed gold. They go and steal some cursed gold. Once they have stolen, they, were, they had a desire, a, a fleshly desire to steal the gold. And in stealing the gold, they became dead on the inside. And, and Barbosa says the curse of stealing this gold is that nothing can satisfy our lusts. Food doesn't taste good anymore. Stealing uh, silver and gold doesn't taste good anymore. Nothing feels good anymore. Because it's just deadened us on the inside. I actually believe that's what happens when we allow ourselves to be governed by our feelings. Uh, my feelings, just I have, there is a continual lust for more. I, you chase that feeling. You chase that. And so I want to share with you four, four or five ways, there's maybe, maybe six ways, to help us process our feelings and emotions. Number one, I think it's important that we acknowledge our feelings. Some people are terrified of feelings, and as a result, they bury their feelings, they suppress their feelings, they sweep their feelings under the rug in hopes that they might go away. But I have found this, that no matter how much we try to suppress, the feelings don't go away. Maybe you don't explode, but those feelings are still there, and they might cause you to implode. I think it's important to be in touch with how we feel about certain things. It's important to acknowledge our feelings. My friend Jessica Greenwood, you would know her. She's a great part of our church and a great part of our worship team. Jess uh, is probably sitting in my lounge room right now watching me talk about her. That's fun. Um, Jess wrote this incredible blog that I thought was powerful. It was a little controversial. But I was just like, man, this is a good blog. And she wrote this blog about what happens when married people are attracted to another person of the opposite sex. This blog was, was powerful. What happens? You know, you've been married for 20 or 30 years. And what happens if there's a person at the office? Or what happens? What do you do when you find yourself catching feelings for someone who is not your spouse. The first thing she says is, is we need to acknowledge how we feel. We need to be honest with ourselves. I actually think that this is so important. If we would stop and acknowledge how we feel, if we would stop and say, you know what? I am feeling angry. When that person does that to me, it actually causes me to feel resentment. I think if we would be honest with ourselves and allow ourselves to the, the, the freedom to process feelings, good feelings and bad feelings. We have them. We've got bad feelings that we need to process. We need to acknowledge our feelings. Number two, I would encourage you, don't buy into or believe everything you feel. Don't buy into or believe everything you feel. Not everything you feel is good. Not everything you feel is pure. We are fallen humanity influenced by our human condition, the sin condition in our lives, and our feelings have been perverted by sin. And so every feeling that you might be feeling, 
it's not necessarily a good feeling. So be careful that you don't buy into or subscribe to every feeling that you feel. Just because it feels good to touch doesn't mean that you should be touching it. Just because it feels good to look at doesn't mean that you should be looking at it. Just because it sounds good doesn't mean that you should be listening to it. Just because something might smell good doesn't mean that you should be smelling it. Just because something tastes good doesn't mean that you should be tasting it. We have to be careful that we don't allow our senses to govern how we live our lives. Additionally, we need to also understand that there is such a thing as lying spirits. Lying spirits are spirits sent to lie to us from the devil. The devil doesn't just come out and tell us bold-faced lies. We would be pretty savvy and most probably see through those lies. But what the devil does is he comes with a lying spirit. And he lies to us. He lies to our feelings. He lies to our emotions. And he causes us to feel the feels which, like David, leads to destruction. Uh, the devil has come to me and lied to me heaps about myself. He's lied to me and I've, I've actually believed lies about myself that has caused me to feel down. He's allowed me to believe lies about other people and, and allowed me to feel feelings of offense that I should have never been feeling. He lies to me about my circumstances. He tries to appeal to my flesh man through my feelings. You know, uh, in my own life, I've wrestled heaps with this, this one reoccurring feeling. All of my life, I have wrestled with the feeling of being guilty. I don't even know when it started. I've been carrying it for so long. But there would be these moments where, where guilt would come upon me and condemnation would come upon me and I would start to feel it. Even last week, I started to feel these terrible feelings of guilt. I, I would feel guilty. And in my earlier days, as an early Christian, I would just, I would feel the feels and Man, it would mess me up and make me feel terrible. And as I've gotten older and begun to mature in my faith, I've understood that they're a lying spirit. Because this is what I would do. I, I would stop and I would go, man, why do I feel so guilty? What have I done? Where have I messed up? And I would go through my life and I would take stock. And do I have, am I out of alignment? Have I fallen into sin? Did I do something I shouldn't have done? Do I have a, a break in relationship with somebody? What's going on? And what I would do is as I matured and got a little older, I would realize I haven't actually done anything wrong at all. Just last week, I was in my lounge room and I leaned over to Paula and I said, Paula, I'm feeling that weird, guilty feeling again. And together we agreed right then and there to rebuke it. And it left. It left. Resist the devil and he will flee from you, the word of God says. And, and I've learned over the years that just because I feel guilty doesn't actually mean I've done anything wrong. I, haven't, I don't carry actual guilt from, from anything that is real. It's a lying spirit that is designed 
to come and mess me up. I think we've got to watch out for all of those feelings. Uh, number three, uh, just because you feel it doesn't mean you should do it. Just because you feel it doesn't mean you should do it. I have found that my feelings have gotten me into a lot of trouble over the years. I think far too many people rush, rush the wedding because they felt it. I think too many people rush into debt because they felt to buy that thing only to find out years later. I remember talking to one of our young adults. I was a young adults pastor in Mackay, and one of our young adults came to me and said, James, I've just bought this green SS V8 ute. I've had it for three months, and I wish I never bought it. I'm in debt $60,000 for a car. I should have never done it, and my feelings got the better of me. It might feel good to tell someone off. Every time I've done that, give it a couple of minutes. Let the feelings subside. And the only feelings that I'm feeling are feelings of regret. Sure, I, in the moment, I might have felt mad. I might have felt annoyed. I might have spoke my mind. But give it a few more moments, and all I feel is regret. And why did I do that? Just because you feel it doesn't mean you should do it. Number four, I think it's important not just to acknowledge our feelings, but to process our feelings in a safe way. Scripture tells me that my heart is deceitfully wicked. I actually don't have true north within me. I don't know which way is right and wrong. And so I've found the best thing that I can do is to bring my feelings to light. Good feelings will always lead me to joy and happiness. But fleshly or sinful feelings, sensual feelings, will allow me uh, to expose them and bring the darkness to light. Uh, one of the best things that I have learned in my life is, is I need to talk. I need to talk about my feelings. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, if I'm feeling angry, if I'm feeling uh, uh, burdened or depressed, talking about those feelings and exposing those feelings. Like I said last week, I was feeling guilty and I leaned over to Paula and I said, Paula, I'm feeling like this. And she said, have you done anything wrong? Are you, have, are you at, at odds with anybody? And I said, no, everything's fine. And, and, and it exposed that evil feeling and I was able to pray it through and break the power of it. I think it's so key that we find a good godly friend, uh, uh, the right friend, someone that has the same values that we do, someone who loves God like you do, someone who doesn't have a, a, a bias that we can talk things through with. I heard the story of a woman who was thinking about leaving her husband. And she came to me for some counseling. And I was really glad that she did. I, I think it's an incredible, incredible privilege to talk with people about their marriages. And I'm so glad that she reached out to me and she started to describe her marriage. And she said to me, I'm going to leave my husband. I'm certain that I'm going to leave my husband. And I said to her, um, have you been talking about this with anybody else? She said, yeah, I've been talking it through with two of my girlfriends. And I said, okay, cool. Well, are they married? And she goes, no, uh, they're both divorced. Um, both of them have been in abused situations. And both of them are telling me to leave my husband. And I said, stop right there. Do you think that those ladies have a good 
compass? Do you think that maybe their stories and their backgrounds might be influencing the decisions and the wisdom and the counsel that they might be giving you? And she said, oh, wow, I never really thought of that. Here's the deal. If I'm thinking about getting a divorce, I'm not going to just go talk to people who have had terrible marriages. I need to get I need to get good godly wisdom. I need to expose these things. I need to process things. I love processing things with Paula. Paula understands me better than I understand myself. I love talking to Kieran Wallace. Kieran helps me to understand myself. You would do yourself a great favor if you would stop and process properly your feelings. Maybe you're feeling attracted to a coworker. I promise you, if you get with a godly brother or a godly sister and sit down and talk about those feelings in a place where there's no shame, in a place where there's no condemnation, I promise you, when we expose the hidden feelings to the light of God, it breaks the power that they have in our lives. If you have a strong feeling to go buy a new car, I would sit down and talk to somebody about it. Give it a couple of days. I have learned that when I'm feeling it, when it's getting me in the feels, I'm going to wait two or three days. If I'm ever feeling really angry, I have learned I'm better off talking about it in three days' time than I am right here in the moment because I'm going to compromise myself because my feelings are getting the better of me. Number five, uh, we need to make a conscious choice to live by the Spirit of God. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, Paul tells us, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Oh, walk in the Spirit helps us to not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Paul is exhorting us not to be given into our fleshly desires, but to live according to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Paul also tells us in Romans 8, 5, he says that those who live according to the sinful nature have set their minds on their natural desires. If you're living according to the flesh, if you're living according to your sinful nature, you have set your mind, I want those feelings. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have set their minds on the things that the Spirit desires. The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Uh, here's a great uh, uh, check for you. If you want to know if you're living by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, it will always have peace. It doesn't mean that there won't be trouble. I have found that in my life, I can have both challenges and obstacles and, and be in the middle of a big fight but also have the peace of God. You can have both of those things when you're being led by the Spirit. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. We must sift our hearts. We must ask ourselves hard questions. Do these feelings line up with what God has from my life? Too many people get carried away with their feelings and they're not submitting their feelings under the voice of the Spirit. Do these feelings line up with the Word of God? 
do my feelings, are they congruent and consistent with what God says in his Bible? Do these feelings lead me into my future? So many people have ruined their lives because of a moment of impulse, a moment of feeling caught the better of them. I just think, stop. We cannot live according to sensuality. Here's the last one. We need to learn how to develop our faith over our feelings. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 says that the just, the righteous shall live by faith. We are called to live by faith. Faith over our feelings. We must learn how to develop some resolve where we choose right over our feelings. To have faith over your feelings means that just because I'm not feeling it doesn't mean I don't do it. There have been so many times where I've sat down to engage my Bible and I wasn't really feeling it. There are so many times where I've engaged in worship where I wasn't really feeling it. But by an act of faith, I still must open the Word of God and get into it. By an act of faith, I still must overcome whatever feelings I might have or don't have to do what God says. We need to know the truth of the Word of God. We need to get some resolve in our spirit. We need to get some determination in our spirit. We need to drink a teaspoon of spiritual concrete and harden up a little bit and not just be given by every whim that tosses us, by every feeling or every emotion that tosses us. By the way, you know, I'm, a, I'm aware that in the midst of all this COVID and, and coronavirus and isolation, uncertainty, many of us have been feeling all kinds of different feelings. Maybe you've been feeling a temptation to look at pornography. Maybe you've been feeling a, a temptation to not exercise and to eat multiple uh, snacks. I've been feeling that temptation a little bit. Uh, I know that we've been all wrestling feelings. We need to hold fast to the truth of God. God is our true north. My conscience cannot be my guide. Even this week, I was speaking with one of our incredible young adults, and she started crying. And we were, we, and I was, I was like, whoa, I, I wasn't expecting this. And she started crying, and out of her comes, I've actually been wrestling with suicidal thoughts for the last three months. I'm like, what? You're one of our best, you're one of our best young adults. You're a godly woman. You're an incredible woman. What do you mean you've been wrestling suicidal feelings, suicidal thoughts? And she proceeded to tell me how all these feelings, I was like, man, nobody commits suicide just because they have a bad day. They commit suicide because feelings begin to wash over them and those feelings start to form lies that become truths in your life. I believe that God wants us to be free, that we could live the life that He has called us to live. As people of God, we cannot afford to be feelings-led. We must be truth 
led. We must get into the Word. We must live according to the things of the Spirit. We cannot allow ourselves to be uh, governed by our feelings. I want to take a moment as we get ready to close. I want to pray right now. I know that all of us would be feeling feelings. You might be feeling feelings of lust. You might be feeling feelings of depression and darkness. You might have feelings, uh, uh, sexual feelings, uh, same-sex feelings. You might be having feelings towards somebody that is not your spouse. You might be having uh, feelings of depression. Our feel, we've got so many feelings. I want to pray right now that the voice of the Holy Spirit would help us to take our thoughts and take our feelings captive that we would be governed by the voice of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, right now I just thank you that you transcend technology, you transcend time. Even now I dispatch and loose the truth of the voice of the Spirit. The truth and the voice of the Spirit that transcends feelings. God, I thank you that you've given us feelings. Feelings to help us to live life to the full and enjoy life. But Lord, I thank you that the people of God will not be feelings led. We will be spirit led. And so Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would make yourself all the more prominent, all the more manifest in people's lives. Holy Spirit, I ask you that we would hear your voice clearer, that it would pierce through. Even as Pastor Lucas was talking a couple weeks ago, that the voice of God with Elijah was not in the earthquake and it wasn't in the mighty rushing wind and, and it wasn't in the fire. It was the still, small voice. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that your still, small voice would be so evident in our lives that when we hear it, we would immediately recognize your voice. Your sheep know your voice. And I ask you that we would hear your voice and know your voice, and we would live according to your word. Lord, I speak your favor and your blessing over everybody viewing. I'm aware that there might be people watching today, and, and you would say, you know what, James, I, I, I don't think I'm right with God. I, I've been living my own life. I've been living a life chasing after my own desires and my own feelings. I am not right with God. If that's you and you're saying in your own heart, I don't believe you need a preacher or your mom or your dad to tell you that you're not right with God. I think we actually know in our own spirits if that's you and you're saying, James, I, I, I know that I'm not right with God, I'd like to lead you in a prayer right now. This prayer acknowledges God and asks Him to forgive us and to lead us into new life. Would you pray with me? I'm going to pray a little bit of this prayer, and then I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I thank you that you love me. You proved it when you sent your Son. Jesus to come and die for me Jesus I acknowledge you and I invite you to forgive me of my sin wash me of my shame and help me to live for you Jesus right now I ask you for every person who's praying that prayer for every person who's saying 
from a sincere place in their heart. God, I thank you that you're going to make yourself manifest. Your presence is going to be made manifest. You're going to take away all the feelings of loneliness, all the feelings of isolation, that we would know your presence surrounds about us. I speak your blessing and your favor over every person. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that that word blessed you. I hope it challenged you. I hope it spurs you to live according to the voice of the Spirit. We must flee sensuality and live the fullness of the life that God has in store for us. Next Sunday, Shane Willard is going to be preaching. Now, our very first time with Shane wasn't all that great. The audio was a bit messy. And, but next Sunday, Shane Willard has a much uh, better message that is going to be, it's filmed better, it's some, and it's a message to our church. And I really want to encourage you, uh, lean in. Next, next Sunday is going to be a powerful word from Pastor Shane. This coming Wednesday night, Paul and I have growth track at our, at our house. We would love for you to join us. Uh, let us know. Send us a message. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We've got our prayer rooms open right now. If you need prayer for anything, maybe you've got feelings that have been leading you down the wrong path. Our teams are right now ready on standby, ready to pray with you and just believe with you for the power of God to set things right in Jesus' name. God bless you. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed in the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to have you join us for Sunday worship.